Hello and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We broadcast live on the thir first Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube or Facebook to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player. And in this episode, we'll be chatting about challenges. It's our one year anniversary. We want to talk about challenges, our community, what our community is doing in challenges. And we'll just talk about everything. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, The Wheel of Challenges. So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership, premium membership to Project GC. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cash the Line. And first oh. off, we want to make sure that you know about the Geocache Talk Right in the Rain promotion. From July 1st to August 3rd, you can get 20% off your entire order with the uh, with the code, with the special code at checkout called Geocache21. G-E-O-C-A-C-H-E-2-1. Even on top of any other promotions that Right in Rain has applied in your cart. The new on-the-go notebooks are perfect for smaller caches at just about 3 and 3 eighths by 2 inches in size. Perfect for little micro caches. <laughs> And you can't yeah, beat right in the rain. Right in the rain is the way to go. Yeah. And, and in uh, your caches. And you can find more information about that at rightintherain.com slash on dash the dash go dash notebooks. <laughs> on the go notebooks with dashes instead of spaces. <laughs> <laughs> so you can also email us any of your challenge caching questions, big or small, to challenge challenge talk podcast at gmail.com and uh, we love to hear from you uh, whatever your accomplishments are your challenge caching your milestones all that stuff we love to hear from you and this is a very special episode it is isn't it emily it's our <laughs> one year anniversary of challenge talk yeah. Yeah. so our 13th only... episode because we're once a month but yeah it's been a great year and we've got jesse with us the author of Geocaching Challenges, the book. I've seen the game before. within the game. <laughs> the game within the game. <laughs> yes. So glad to have you, Jesse. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on your special milestone episode. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. And we'll, we'll spend some time chatting about that book a little bit later as well. Because uh, I don't know how many people are in chat who have the book or have read it, but uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that can be helpful if you love challenges. And uh, so Jeff, a little greeting for you in the chat. Happy Canada Day. Forgot to say that. Happy Canada Day from <laughs> north of the border. <laughs> I'm the only Canadian here, except for maybe some people in chat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're getting a few comments, too, that your volume may be a little bit low for the listeners. Okay, I will turn it up just a bit. I think something changed with my microphone. Hmm. Anyway, okay, so we are back up. Uh, okay, so we like to also highlight some of the statistics uh, of challenge caches via Project GC every month, uh, just to see how the whole challenge caching community is growing and hopefully never shrinking. And right. uh, so since last month, uh, as of late this evening, July 1st, we now have 6,482 active scripts 
Those are the scripts that are handling all of the challenge checker algorithms, which is up another 127. And uh, we have 36,901 unique challenges. Those are uh, different parameter sets. So uh, there could be multiple challenges all using the same script, just variations of, uh, of values and properties. And that is up 256. So there's some new ideas. And we have 44,963 active tags, and that's the unique checkers by GC code. Uh, so, and that is up almost 400, up 385 since last month. Awesome. So they're all, they're all going up. We Good. have a, an increase of active challenge caches worldwide by the attribute, and that is at 31,485, up exactly 100 when I did the check. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, uh, and you can do that too. If you go to, if you are a premium member, you can do an advanced search and, uh, and filter now for that challenge cache attribute. And uh, you could restrict it to your region and then see how many uh, challenge caches you need to find uh, within your region. Um, I don't know if you guys do that, but I do that all the time. <laughs> um, Can't so, say I yeah, do that uh, all the time. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> We mentioned I like that to play strategy. in Prodigy C as well, though. I I oh, can yeah. go down that rabbit hole and spend a lot of time on needless stats, and I, I try not to do that too often. <laughs> yeah, and there's yes, a couple other a ones that we're going to yeah. mention in, in a bit as well. Um, and we mentioned the strategy before as well. If you are working on challenge caches and you qualify for one but you haven't found it yet, then a neat little trick is to update the posted coordinate of that challenge cache, even though the cache is at the posted coordinates. If you set the coordinates to the same value and save it, it shows up as adjusted coordinates, which means you get that little icon on the map that says the, the, the cache is at this new location, which is technically the same. But you can keep track of the challenge caches that are ready to be found because you've qualified mm -hmm. for them by doing that. And it's a lot easier to look at a map and see where the challenge caches you can find are so I love doing that. Yeah, just that visual the, indicator to pay attention here. Don't forget this cache. Yeah. You qualify. So mm -hmm. I don't know if either one of you do it, but also on Project GC, Jeff, you're a Project GC nerd, so you'll like this. I know you'd probably do it already, but there are a couple of things that you can put in your log, uh, like not signed or uh, and I forget the exact things. It's brackets, and then it's got things, and it'll show you on your challenge tab which ones you signed and which ones you've qualified for and everything else too. So. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Project yeah, is pretty uh, nice what they'll do for challenges nowadays. Yeah. And there, we have in our chat pretty much an expert road tripper just finding our way. I don't know how long you've been on the road. It's been a few weeks now. And you build trips from the challenge maps on wow. Project GC. So tracking <laughs> your um, eligibility for challenges and then going after all the challenges in a very strategic manner. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great a, when you look it's at It's a strategy. Map. Yeah, and, and you just see lines of challenges. You can like visually put a route together of how to get all these challenges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of, the, uh, one of the things to always plan for when you're on a road trip is looking for those qualified challenges. Or even if you're um, not qualified, just sign anyone you can your get your name near. on the you line. You may be qualified yes. one day, right? Yeah, don't don't pass it up just because you're not qualified. No, because... no, that's you'll you'll regret that one. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> exactly that happened uh, a number of years ago when I was in Seattle and we went out for a uh, 
you know, a rare and old cache, but uh, along the road, there were a whole bunch of challenge caches and they were ridiculously difficult. I think at that point I qualified for maybe one or two out of, I think it was around 15 or something. We found them all, bookmarked them all. And then over the years, as time went on, slowly they got qualified, log them as found. And you know what? Unfortunately, I didn't quite buy into that a few years ago. I don't know how many years ago, <laughs> but I didn't like exactly see the value in it. Um, and so I have, even in this this one trail in Oregon, I skipped them when I was because I thought, oh, I don't know. I I just don't qualify. I'm not sure I buy into the whole sign the log. Yeah. <laughs> Emily today wishes she had signed the log. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the so, ones you say, I'll never qualify for that. Eh, if you cash long enough, you would just might. I don't, I just, you just might, yeah. or you're going to get just close enough that you're going to be willing to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's, it's sign just like, the log. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like once you start geocaching and you realize there's a cache at a really cool location that you had visited on a vacation 25 years ago. Now oh, you yeah. wish you found that cache. In multiple or countries. Now you, now you wish you Yes. Found. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I will never forget when I visited England, my GPS was North American map, had North American maps. I didn't think I could geocache in another continent, but that's not what that meant. It just meant there was no map. So I posed at platform nine and three quarters, the setup at King's Cross Station, and that's a virtual, and I didn't get to claim it. Oh. oh man i was a geocacher too oh my gosh the regret the regret but anyways yeah. you're just too honest I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I had a uh a very fingers crossed moment i had been to mexico before i started geocaching and uh, made it to the top of one of the pyramids down there and after i started caching i went and looked and like oh there's a virtual there and all you basically got to do is answer a question have a selfie there i've got a selfie and i know the answer I emailed the owner to ask if I could log it. As I never got a response, but it would be mm. awesome to be able to log that. <laughs> but it was long before I started geocaching. You'll just yeah. have to go back. <laughs> yeah. So kind of skipped over as well. I put together nice little graphs of all of the Project GC stats that we've reported. Yeah, you guys year. know us. We love stats. <laughs> this does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's this first one isn't all that interesting, but the Project GC scripts, they have gone up pretty consistently over the past month, they, or uh, past year. They just yeah. keep increasing almost a straight line. So whatever it is, they are still writing them. But uh, combining the other three, a little bit of a help now. So a little bit of an explanation. You can see uh, the, the published, um, the lower number is the uh, uh, active challenge caches worldwide. So that's published, not archived. And then on top of that, if you include archive, basically, if you include archived caches, you have all of the uh, unique challenges. So this is where, you know, there might be one challenge idea that there's 20 caches worldwide that are identical to that. So that won't count here. These are all of the unique challenge ideas. And then that purple line, those are the active tags. And uh, so those are the unique checkers. That, as mentioned, can include duplicate challenges. And I believe that stat that Project GC shows doesn't hide archived or old challenges. So I think that's of all time uh, in their okay. database. So just some interesting, interesting looks. There was a little bit of a dip <laughs> around, I think that's winter, February, January, yeah. February. 
little slow down there, but it, yeah, it's still consistently going up. They're still going the right direction though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we get into some news items, there's a whole bunch that has happened over the past month. <laughs> but the first one that we want to highlight, Jesse, you can, uh, you can probably can discuss that a little bit because it was announced on Sunday on the geocache talk. If you weren't, uh, there for that show. Yeah, so we, uh, the CFO and I hosted last weekend. Uh, it's only been a few days, actually, but uh, we, uh, we won't go into the big, long explanation behind it, but we wanted to come up with something that was obviously not an official challenge, but it's Geocache Talk Network, so that's basically official. Um, there may not be a checker for it yet, um, <laughs> but uh, we wanted to come up with a, we call it a challenge, but uh, just an idea to help people get back in the swing of things. A lot of people are clearing up. Canada's slowly behind it. Maybe they'll be out soon. I don't know. Um, but uh, it will. The you'll see the graphic around. And uh, am I supposed to say the name of it or not? I don't know. It's uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, so splotch on top. Short of version of it is GTN forty five. You may have already seen that hashtag on on social media and stuff. Uh, it's back on track. Is what we're talking about it. Um, real quickly, the. Uh, Basically, it's an honor system thing. Everybody does it on their own. It's just to help you really get charged back up again. But attend one event, hide two caches, start three challenges, uh, which means, and as everybody on this show obviously knows, identify them. You don't have to finish it in 45 days, but publicly identify them so that you, you know people hold you accountable to it. Um, stock four caches, so not your own, even though stock your own caches too, but stock four caches, solve five puzzles anywhere in the world, and find six fitness caches. This is the one that we've had the most questions about. The idea of this one is whatever level you are, push yourself a little bit. So if you're crazy Sodak Zach and you can hang off bridges, like we said, go do that. You know, push yourself to the level a little bit. If all you can do is get to an LPC, park a little further away, get to that LPC. Just push yourself a little bit to get active and moving again. That kind of gets the blood pumping. It gets you uh, back on track. And uh, that's the basics. I've already heard people and got messages from people how they're kind of one up in it. They're putting their, you know, plus one on it or whatever you want to call it. And nice. uh, like instead of attending one event, they're going to try to host their own event. A lot of people have those community events still out there and they're able to host events now. Right. So they're going to do that. Um, hide two caches. Really the kind of one up on that one was hide them of a type that you don't normally do, right? Like if you only hide traditionals, try a different type. And as we said uh, Sunday, nobody has an excuse because we have a whole network of people that will help you hide any kind of cash you want. All you have to do is just reach out and we can all help you do that. Um, start three challenges. Those can be of any level that you want. Obviously, if you're listening to this show, you know all about challenges and you have many, many, many to choose from. So go and, and get three started. Um, stock four caches. It can either be the, our planner plus one was at one. You can get the little McDonald's toys or whatever dollar store toys you want to put in there or make your own swag. Always better and always way more fun to come up on a cache that has like handmade swag in it. And Oh you know, yeah. I still items. love signature awesome. items. Like, um, I don't know what it is. I have to trade for a signature. Oh, item I love it. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go I have a little bin of sure. everything yeah. I've collected. Yeah. That's a signature item. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned it Sunday too, but I've got one of my favorite items that I've ever found is pro it's probably also one of the cheapest ones, you know, as, as far as a keeper, but it's these little magnets with the little icons of the different, uh, 
you know, cash types. Yeah. It's somebody handmade with a little glass bubble thing on the top, you know? Oh, yeah. It's only like maybe that big. It's tiny. I have used it ever since I found it, and I love that thing. I don't know who put them in there. It wasn't the owner of the cash, I don't believe, but um, I haven't found them since, but they're just so neat. It probably cost five cents to make, but it was super cool, and we've kept them ever since. So. Awesome. Um, yeah, painted rocks. Somebody mentioned that. That's awesome. If you if you have the, the patience and the art skill to do that and you're leave that for somebody, you're really brightening somebody's day up when they find that. Mm -hmm. But – Basic challenge, uh, challenge in the term of challenging yourself, not official Project DC challenge. But we wanted to put that out there and uh, and share it. Let other people know that you're doing it. If you're on social media, hashtag GTN45, and really get people's juices flowing again. And some of our poor neighbors to the north don't get to do as much stuff right now. So we want them to live vicariously through us. So get them motivated. But even if you're totally on lockdown, we wanted to make sure there's things in there like identifying challenges, solving puzzles, you know, plan your next, uh, plan your next cash or whatever you can. There's a lot of things you can do to get back into the swing of things, even if you're in an unfortunate area that's a little more restricted right now. So hopefully that's yeah, something that's positive we added to the environment. Yeah. We're yeah. all about the informal challenges here too. So it's <laughs> wonderful. And, and for the most part above the border there, it's really just events and official gatherings that are fairly restricted. So, uh, I mean, it, it, if even if it's not an official event, you can still do some of these things. Absolutely. The Somebody mentioned if they're locked down, get a get on a Zoom event with your local people. Yeah, it's not an official event, but you know it doesn't matter. You still get to see other people and talk about geocaching and and challenges and everything else. And it, it's supposed to be fun. It's nobody's going to go behind you and grade you. You don't get a report card for this, right? This is just to get you going again, and hopefully have fun and. When we know the whole world's open, maybe we'll throw some hard stuff in there later on. But for now, <laughs> just get yourself going again in a safe, healthy way that, that can make you have fun. So Yeah. And even just participating in something like this is can be motivation. Like if you yes. if you set your personal goals, you know, you kinda have to push yourself. But if you know that you know you're participating with a bunch of people all trying to accomplish the same things, then you know, you, you kinda wanna do a little more. All right. Absolutely. I hope it helps people get, get charged up. I know some people are crazy all the time. They never need to be charged up again. But some of us, real life people, <laughs> need a little boost every once in a while. So hopefully this will be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know, how, were you following me this last month? Because I've done a lot of that, except for events. <laughs> and so now i got to go and do more. <laughs> there you go. Do them again. Hey, but you know what? You have to step it up, though. We, exactly. have, we have high expectations of you. You've got to do something very, very uh, elevated. Um, I was hiding a geo tour. How do I? How do I step it up from that? <laughs> that trumps a lot of stuff. That that, that counts pretty good. Um, you, you'll have to hide. That is something not that's, average. You know, no, that is not average. That's pretty. That's pretty next level right there. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's something I've yeah. never done. That's well. Work. That is, that's. Yeah, that, that's a, a good challenge, and uh, I hope people will do it and enjoy it, and, you know, just for what it's worth, you just do your best and have fun. That's right. Um, we are also going to give away another extra little bonus for people who are chat who are here live. Um, didn't mention at the beginning, but we're going to give away a copy of Jesse's challenge book. Yay! This one right here. There we go. <laughs> and the way to do that, we're going to make use of this super special giveaway uh, feature again. And if you are in chat, then if you want a copy of that book, post a comment with hashtag next level 
and we'll do a draw at the end of the show. Next level. That's yeah, and you only have show. to type that one time. Yeah, and you'll be you don't get multiple by right. <laughs> putting multiple times. Um, it's it's the show's uh, tagline: taking geocache to a next level. But that's all good because <laughs> he's gonna do that with his stuff too. Um, okay, so moving on to another news item, we have an update to profile settings. We can now choose to put search results directly to the uh, the search map, and. Uh, you can see that by going to your profile settings and down at the bottom, there is a new option to, uh, to display the, the search results on the map. That just means that if you hit search, it'll move directly to the map view instead of the list view. I guess some people wanted that. <laughs> I don't think I want to use it that way because if I go to a list view, I can then also go to the map view. I don't know how yeah. I go from map to list, but I haven't tried it. So maybe it's possible. Yeah. And I always, I tend to open the map in a separate tab as well. And yes, exactly. If it's, if it's a search that I use all the time, like where are my closest qualified challenges to find, <laughs> then you can bookmark that map view URL as well, which is yeah. super helpful. Um, Another news item, the official app can now search with favorite points. Yay. Cool. <laughs> hey, they, they are adding things to the official app. Yes. They're slowly adding things. Right. Um, so, yeah, and, and if you are on iOS with Cashly, then you'll know that there's a whole lot of uh, search features and functionality there. But it's very good that the official app is adding a, a few more options because a lot of people start geocaching with the official app um, and not not True. It's, a few bucks. It, yeah, the it's party. the way people learn about geocaching a, a lot these days. <laughs> the pandemic mm -hmm. geocachers find the app first. <laughs> and speaking of Cashly, the developer has created a brand new app for something that probably a lot of this current generation of geocachers haven't even heard of. And that's Very Waymarkly. True. If you have heard of Waymarks, they're kind of the uh, the old guard of virtual <laughs> virtual caches, in a sense. Um, there they are basically just waypoints that you go to and track that you visited them by posting a photo and marking it as you visited. And the category that's, that's really is just endless bridges, yeah. water towers. Um, Anything you can think of. Yeah, there are so many waymarks, and they they made it into a separate database because there it was just so uh, so cluttered. There's no proximity because it's all virtual. There's no physical containers. People can create these waymarks anywhere. They could be duplicates. It just got way too much to handle, and uh, so it's a separate website. And they have now partnered to create waymarkly as a mobile app and from what i've seen a lot of people downloaded the app i think it's uh, in canada it's uh 5.99 or 6.99 i think and um and people have uh, it'd be interesting to see the activity stats for waymarking.com since that uh since that app released yeah that's a logs. good point i got it 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 works just like cashly yeah yeah the uh, the interface, the design. I think the colors are different, and some of the uh, some of the functions. But uh, I mean, if you know Cashly, you know Waymarkly. 
Now that's the mobile app. The website is not like Cashly. Right. Just so we're clear. <laughs> it's a little bit Very outdated much. currently, but I believe they're going to update that. Yeah. Now, and this is, it can be helpful because there are some times when, I don't know about you guys, but I have used waymarking to, uh, to find either answers to puzzles or there are some challenges that, uh, that because it is official, they, I think even post moratorium, um, you can use waymarking, not, not post moratorium, no, not post moratorium, okay. but there are currently just 49 free. challenges that have way specifically waymarking in the title. There's probably more than include waymarks, but this like the title actually says waymarking right. or waymark. Yeah, Cause we have a few, I've, we've got a couple of uh, challenges in Ontario where you have to have logged something like a thousand or 2000 waymarks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's one for a specific cash owner, which includes having to have found a certain number of their waymarks as well. So they're in, they're mixed in for some of these old challenges, but uh, I'm thankful that it's not in the new. It's, so uh, do you it's think not, you guys will like concurrently Waymark and geocache at the same time? I, I, so I bought the app. Um, I would have bought it anyway because Nick puts out awesome products and I'm going to check yeah. it out. Um, but, and also, I'm not going to not have a tool that you can use for geocaching. If there's a tool out there, I'm going to get it. <laughs> um, so we opened it up and looked around town a little bit. And we, uh, Christy and I have... I, we found some before for a challenge, like 500 or something for a challenge in the past. That's the only reason we found them. Um, it's not my favorite thing, but we're going to Vegas this weekend to visit my daughter and there's tons out there. So we're absolutely going to, we're going to go in and, and do a few waymarks or whatever. I doubt that it's going to take over geocaching for me, but mm -hmm. I also have changed my mind many times over the years of what I've gotten into and what aspects of the game. So I would never say I'll never go waymarking, but I, with the app like that, I'll use some. Cause they'll probably, I'll probably check it too. When I get to a cache or especially if I go to like a benchmark, those are all on there. Um, yeah. or someplace cool. Yeah. I might as well check it and see if it's there too. Yeah. Yeah. I have a really hard time doing two search activities at once. If it's not all on the same app, <laughs> I completely yeah. forget about the one that I'm not primarily focused on. You know, you, you don't do maybe. the other uh, app that shall not be named. <laughs> the other game. Yeah. That didn't last for me either, but the, uh, um, you know, maybe since it's official and if they update the website, maybe at some point they will let them be included in challenges and stuff again. And then it's great. Anything that can be used in a challenge, I'm going to do it. Sure. Mm. Yeah, that uh, changes everything. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, we might have to make use of some waymarking uh, for some challenges because Eric's here. He's just mentioned there's a challenge in his hometown to find 100 categories of waymarks. Oh, so not, not just, just 100 waymarks. Categories. That's that's kind of crazy. I like <laughs> it though. That's really pushing you. A good challenge for your listeners too. Uh, challenge everybody by next month to go out and make their own waymark. You can't <laughs> officially challenge anybody to do that, right? But you can unofficially right. say. Go find one and make one. See how many can get added in a month. Cool. Like a legit Actually, one, right? Like don't do four more at the old McDonald's down the street. We don't need that, but yeah. <laughs> something cool yeah. and do it. And we could verify them as well. If you, if you've made one and it's like not within the guidelines of what we're saying, then mm -hmm. you can tell. <laughs> oh, that's, that's an interesting idea. Um, there is also a lot of chatter about a new, a relatively new 
grid that's shown up on Project GC uh, for your stats. And it is under the challenge caching tab of your Project GC stats. So under that challenge tab, scrolling down, scrolling down uh, to this little grid here, challenge difficulties. A lot of people are understandably slightly confused about what it's tracking. Um, because if you have looked at the challenge checkers closely enough, in the corner, there's a little skull, like a skull and crossbones. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I, I keep forgetting what that represents because those numbers seem to change. They don't really have anything, uh, any direct correspondence to the other numbers in this square. So that's what the challenge difficulty is. So they've made a a new grid of that stat, because we love grids, <laughs> we do. where the challenge difficulty is mapped out. That challenge difficulty is a rating between 0 and 100, and it's based on a compilation of a number of different factors. Um, a reasonable gauge about a challenge's difficulty is based on how many people are qualifying or not. So it's not like it's statistics of everybody in the world. Uh, they can really only, obviously, parse the statistics of people who are actively using Project GC, who are premium members and have their stats automatically updated. Uh, but it's it calculates that number between 0 and 100 based on the number of people tested and how many people qualify. But it also weighs differently where people live relative to that challenge. Because Does it change? That's the thing. It changes because uh, as more people, I guess, start caching or more people uh, basically get their statistics actively updated in Project GC, that ratio of qualified to not qualified for every challenge is going to be constantly updated. So this grid, if you look at it one day, might have certain values in one in, in various spots, but then change on another. So it's not really something you can... Well, it's not something you can write a challenge on, right? Uh, because it, you can you, easily it might fill and unfill, and mm -hmm. that's a shame. That don't would be a good don't challenge. get committed to your grid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other one thing you could do is basically make a personal challenge to try to get values in every square. Um, and the hardest ones obviously would be like zero and one to ninety nine and a hundred because that's basically absolutely perfect. Everybody qualifies or nobody qualifies. But be there's also one factor that is based on the number of people, the number of fines on it. Um, there, there is a page that explains it on their wiki, which is at, oops, is at projectgc.com slash w slash challenge difficulty. And uh, I mean, it, it could get a little uh, technical, but they they base about 80% of the uh, uh, people who find from the local region, and then they weigh it down to 40% for the country and then 30% for the world. Uh, and then they also... Uh, weigh in the number of fines over the past year. So obviously, there's going to be more people finding it from the local region than worldwide, which is why they weigh that local region higher. Mm -hmm. it's, it's mathematical, it's complicated, but 
it's enough to know that that number is always changing. So it's nice to look at, but uh, there were some, somebody did look up the, uh, the highest and lowest values. And I mean, it's great examples because the two 100 difficulty ratings are not that hard at all, but they're rated 100 because nobody's found them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, nobody's qualified and nobody's found. So, for example, one of the 100 ratings is this DOA San Juan County, which is a two difficulty, but it's 100, in the little square in the corners, 100 skull and crossbones, but it's not that hard. It's just that nobody's found it and there's been seven nobody's qualified qualifiers. for it. Yeah. So as soon as somebody actually finds it, it drops from 100. It'll drop real quick. So was that number above the skull and crossbones always there, or is that new too because of this grid that was created? That's as been well? there for a while. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I guess I never noticed it, so mm-hmm. that was news for me as well. It's too bad they can't like lock it in on the day that you find it. Then you can make a challenge from it. Right. I've kind of yeah, I've commented about that before as well. Like I, I th- it's it's kind of another discussion, but for your your personal profile stats if somehow your log kept track kept a record of what the stats were for that cache at that time yeah because it it's been more of an issue in the past i think but if something changes with a cache and the owner adjusts the dt then people you know can unqualify for a challenge we've all, yeah. i think we've all had that happen where there's yes. suddenly a hole in your grid that you've already qualified for because somebody oh, changed you can the lose your fizzy as well if somebody changes mm-hmm. it mhm that would be so, a really cool challenge if they could find a way, if there was a way to lock it, lock it in. and Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another grid to fill, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a grid. We're all going to try to fill it. So. <laughs> so if you are in an area with a 100 difficulty challenge, then uh, go find it. <laughs> Although it won't be it's funny because, yeah, it won't be 100 anymore. <laughs> it's like the Heisenberg uncertainty yeah. principle. So <laughs> as soon as you find it, it's no longer one. there. Let me throw this out at you. Let's say I have one down the street. Ten people have not found it, so it's a hundred. I go and find it, and then just post my qualifications and don't use the checker. Would it still be a hundred? I think it's based on checkers. Right. So, so if I didn't use the you, checker, but I showed it, I just typed out all my qualifications. Well, it then still it's still hundred, right? Geez. Well, if, I would think uh, so. Yeah. If you you if you automatically have your profile stats updated in project GC, then it won't matter. It would probably all automatically sense that you qualify. But if you don't do that, if you don't have that, then it has no idea whether you post a note with whatever content that says you qualify. So you could so, still keep it at a hundred as long as you didn't run the checker. Yeah. Yeah. And turn ah. off automatic. Yeah. Cause premium that's members, funny. that's one of the, what's one of the bonuses of being a premium member of project GC is every, occasionally the system will, uh, parse your stats against the challenges and you won't have to go through and check each one every time you go right. in you can automatically right. update and then that's how uh, that's that how map you can... that shows you what you qualify for exactly. and you should go get yeah yeah you can look at the map and not have to worry about checking every single cache on there it's it's automatically checked that is a premium feature <laughs> uh there is also one that i thought i don't think we've discussed very much maybe once a long time ago um, this challenge signed 
but not yet logged as found. Jesse, you mentioned that as well, using yeah. tags in your logs. Um, I actually just went through and fixed this myself, so I took out all of the other ones that have the little green check mark on the side. So what Project GC does is because they take all of your find logs, your log history, they also keep track of your notes that you've posted to caches. And so they kind of do some guessing. It's not 100% guaranteed that this particular stat is, is perfect and accurate, but because Project GC knows which caches are challenges and which of those you've posted a note to, they're assuming that anybody who posts a note to a challenge cache is posting that they've, say, found it, but not signed it, that they, or that they qualify, but they haven't found it. So it's relevant to that kind of qualification. So they have this table here at the bottom of that challenges tab, which lists out basically all of the unfound challenges that you have that have a note posted to it. Um, so occasionally, if you find a lot of challenge caches, that you don't yet qualify for, you can check this list because if you are if your stats are automatically updated, these little red dashes on the side might turn into green check marks. And if this is one that you've logged, that you've signed into, but not qualified for, now you can see if there's a green check mark there, I now qualify, you could open that cache and then log the find. That's great. So it's, it's helpful in that sense. The problem is, like a lot of these, some of these that I have on this list, I might have notes for qualified but not found because I just wanted to post my qualifiers and not have to worry about it. But that's not a signing in. So I don't want it to, I don't want this list to treat it like that. So as you mentioned, I would add in the log description a not dash signed tag and... Uh, and then Project GC would know that it's not a cache that I signed and posted a note to. Uh, and then they won't add it to that list. That's what that not dash signed um, mm -hmm. for viewers is on the screen there. If you put that in your note log, then it won't show up in that list. And there's a couple of other things like uh, Project GC tracks, FTFs, your first defines. Um, and if you include, uh, include that tag, then it'll, uh, uh, an FTF tag, then it will automatically track that as well so that's another benefit to project gc because they're looking at all of your logs <laughs> doing the work for you mm. lots of tools what if that's your name in, in geocaching not dash signed. No. <laughs> no not or not signed that's actually a pretty good name or just ftf that tag you'd probably mess up that one that stat a little oh, bit oh wow <laughs> All well, right. They, they wouldn't let you use special yeah. characters, but you know, it'd still be pretty funny. <laughs> um, so we are. Wait, we have a uh, a topic today for today's show because it's one year that we wanted to make it more about uh, the community. We, I mean, we've looked back over the year to see how thing how far things have come. We've had some guests and we've chatted about some major topics, and we still have a whole lot of stuff we can talk about. <laughs> we have lots of notes because you guys, when you send in your emails, we keep track of them and we like to know uh, good topics to, to bring up questions and, and whatnot. So as a kind of a community grab bag, uh, we, every month we highlight some of your accomplishments and, uh, and milestones and whatnot. So we have a few that we'd like to, uh, to mention as well uh, for this month, just to, just as a little shout out. <laughs> we have, um, 
a milestone from Karen Renora, who has just crossed 14,000 fines. I don't know what the average fine count is for people. Under 100. I don't know if that's... It, oh, right. Yeah, there uh, are they're, they're stats that they uh, gather from... Um, well, don't they say the average cashier finds like one cash a year or something? Or I don't know. <laughs> Wow, I can't... I, it seems unreal. What? You're, you're not speaking <laughs> my language. <laughs> well, I think there's so many that... It depends on how you categorize an active cashier, I guess. Or are they active? Or are they just keeping their account open or what? Right. Yeah. And yeah, I guess, I mean, if you, you might want to, it might be more interesting to have a minimum threshold, not include stats for people who are the try it out and leave it type, but say if somebody has cash, has found at least a couple, a few caches over uh, a couple of months or something, then, then start tracking their stats. Cause otherwise, I mean, all those one a year stats, they just kind of, pull everything down there's a if you were to look at the graph it'd be yeah so i don't know if you uh have a milestone then post in comments as well um i know i just passed sixteen thousand, and i'm closing in on seventeen thousand. although i am trying to get 2020 fines this year (laughs) no 2021 this year last year was 2020 and uh one of the motivations for that is that we have a challenge cash in Ontario for three consecutive years of 2000 fines. Is this year two for you? <laughs> this is year two. It was just because last year was like, oh, it's 2020. Let's find 2020 caches in 2020. And then I'm like, hey, that wasn't so bad. Let's do it again for 2021. And now I'm two thirds of the way towards qualifying for that. Can't stop now. And then next year, when you can leave the country, <laughs> should be no big deal. <laughs> Hit up some more of those Nevada power trails. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that uh, th- those are the challenges that are no longer allowed as well. Because, yeah, if you unqualify, if you stop that streak, it's way too long to start over again. Yeah. It's, so it's still 365 days, right? The streak. Yes. Yeah, the max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just for fun, I looked it up. In Canada alone, there are over 500 people that have more than 11,000 caches, cash fines. That's just in Canada. So there's a lot worldwide. 500 people over 11,000. As a matter of fact, the number 500, the ranked 500, has 11,423. In all of Canada? I would have thought there'd be more than that. I wonder how that's, many of those are in Ontario. <laughs> uh, that's actually on here too. That guy, is that person, I don't know if it's a guy or girl, or a team, they are from Ontario. Yeah. But that's on mm-hmm. casherstats.com. Mm-hmm. You can look yeah. those up everywhere. So I feel like there should be more than 500 in all of Canada. Hmm. 11,000 <laughs> is a lot, though. Maybe I'm just spoiled with Ontario because we have so many there, power Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We have I mean, a lot of veteran cashers in Ontario. Well, I mean, 500 people that have found more than 11,000, I'd say that's a that's a lot of people. That's a lot of caches. You know, if you look at those milestones in FTF Magazine every month, most of them are not mm-hmm. like 10,000 above, right? Most no. of them are below that. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that is something that's going to be very regional because uh, if I think about the, the cashers that I know in my region, I know, like, 
a relatively large fraction of 500 who are over 10,000. So I, I, I guess a large chunk of those will probably be Ontario, pro- probably a bunch in BC. And if we're looking at in the uh, US, probably a, a lot of that in the Seattle yeah. area. Um, I think Nevada, it kind of goes without sure. saying too, that if you found more than 11,000, you're pretty active and you're going to stand out more. So mm-hmm. than somebody yeah. that's found seven yeah. over 15 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at mine. I rank 105 in Oregon with over a little over 8,000 caches. And in the United States, I rank 3,389. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's it's all numbers. You can do what you want with I, it. You know, yeah, thinking about it, there probably is a whole lot more in within that five to 10,000 range. I think oh, these yeah. days that almost seems a little more casual. <laughs> casual. Casual. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say five to ten thousand at this point. People have been caching actively for years. Obviously, they're not, uh, you know, two thousand a year for twenty years. But right. uh, the top numbers are so high; they're ridiculous now. So, yeah. And actually, the um, that whole thing about you know beginner and intermediate or ex- expert or whatever in those uh, bands of fines kind of rolls into a question that Merlin1392 sent in. Um, he's, he's said that he's planning to set up a New Year's Eve event and provide some challenges for people to complete based on their stats. And he's kind of grouping them between less than 1,000 fines and between 1,000 and 10,000 fines and over 10,000 fines. Yeah. And it, based on what we were just talking about, I think that probably is a good... Um, a good separation of difficulties. Well, and I know cashers are in the game before me and are still cashing now. And based on their style, they've, they're well under 10,000. They've been in the game for 15 years and I wouldn't call them any less active or any less Mm -hmm. educated, you know, but that's just the style that they choose to do. They don't find tons of, they don't ever do power trails. They don't, Mm -hmm. you know, they hike to caches. They don't do any of that other stuff. And their numbers will never be, you know, 20,000. Yeah. So, it's really yeah. style dependent, I would say. And all, all that quantity of fines really indicates is that's how many caches you've found. <laughs> right, exactly. That, does, that doesn't necessarily that's mean that you're exactly great at finding them. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're great at solving puzzles. It doesn't mean you're really great at anything specifically except finding a lot of caches or yeah. logging a lot of caches. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to, to follow up on that a little more, he was asking for suggestions for, uh, for challenges of various difficulties that would fit within those um, those groupings of people, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess the easy answer to that would be challenges based on quantity of fines. <laughs> Could be, um, but uh, yeah, like what would be something that? Well, yeah, would you want it to be within each of those? So, like uh, easy and hard for people with under a thousand fines, and easy and hard for people with mm-hmm. over a thousand, uh, over ten thousand fines. Yeah, I always go back to like different types, like, you know, a much younger cacher is not going to be well rounded. Um, Mm. Just from the probably the nature of their available experiences, you know, for the number of times they've gone and tried to find a thing. So the higher the numbers, the more likely you have done a lot of different types, a lot of different 
I don't know. I'll start with types. Yeah. That works against mm -hmm. people too, though. So if you're building challenges for a mixed group like that, it, so if you live in an area and you found 50,000 caches and the challenge is to find, and I don't know if we're talking realistic challenges or not, but like seven different cache types in a week, that can be very hard for somebody that's already cleared out the area. A brand new cacher can do that easily because they have all those to find, you know, or find like, I'll pose this challenge to either one of you. Although I think Emily you would have a little better time of this one um, because of where you live, you know, find five additional webcams. It would take me a while to do that. There's none oh, within yeah. hundreds of miles of where I am. No, I even when I plan my on. travels, they're not in they're in any of the places I'm traveling to either. So right. I'd have to plan a webcam trip. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I've got to go yeah. 500 miles for a webcam. Wow. And then five <laughs> of those, that's not happening. Yeah. That would take me all year and be a bunch of trips. So your experience can work against you. So you can definitely build those challenges based on, especially if he knows generally who's going to be there there, you know, he can build those individually for them. Mm -hmm. And and you made the good point as well, because what you were kind of describing was exactly why they added a few more guidelines post moratorium about uh, what challenges are allowed, because those ones uh, basically, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of about unqualifying yourself. But uh, at the same time, if you are, you know, it's, the difference between accomplishing a, a goal, so an accomplishment versus a challenge. And, and the way I kind of looked at it was uh, what we can no longer create as challenges are uh, like challenging somebody to do something from this point on. Because like you said, if they've already cleared out their area, they can't qualify for it anymore because that's, they can't refine those yeah. caches. But an accomplishment is something that regardless of whether you started yesterday or 10 years ago, you might already qualify. The problem, the, the issue that I have with that is that, well, you, it's hard to, you know, it's kind of a mix of the two. You want to create something that's difficult for everybody or a challenge for everybody, but you can't do that with an accomplishment because if you already qualify, you just need to go find and sign the log. So, yeah, there, there's two different types of challenges. One we can't do officially, but you can't, like like the, uh, the GTN 45, we can pose challenges to people from this point on, do this. And then if it's not official, yeah. then yeah. One, one good solution to that too is like, if you're going to do whatever it is, right? Like find a hundred traditionals, not that that's a hard challenge, but a lot of times scaling those to do like two or three, like find 25, 50, 75, a hundred, you have four mm -hmm. of those out there. Then people from all levels can kind of do that. There's some challenges you put out there that mm -hmm. it's not going to stop anybody, mm -hmm. but you should always, if you're putting out a challenge, a group of challenges in your area, definitely scale some back where they're a lot easier and people can, I always think it's neat to build up, right? Like if I'm new to uh, puzzles and there's one out there that says find a thousand, that may be totally something I would never look at. But if there was a series of them that said find 100, 200, 300, 400, that's going to draw me in just good enough to where I might get all the way to that thousand. Right. Right. Let your wrestle give you something to work towards, not discourage you from the start. Yeah. Little yeah. breadcrumbs, you know, along the breadcrumbs, way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Casey 11 also made a good point. If everyone told me it's much easier to complete when you're a new cacher, so I completed it during my second year of caching. <laughs> Whenever there's somebody who's just starting geocaching, one of the first things they and say is, your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> look for challenges 
and try to qualify for challenges when you start out because you have a wide open playing field and those old ones are the ones that are going to be the hardest for vet or older cashers to uh, to qualify for because they've already cleared out stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for streaks, streaks are a huge one to start off with when you're just starting out caching because you've got tons of caches to find. And they're terrible. An example. So <laughs> streaks are terrible. So. <laughs> I think the, the highest streak that I've seen that I just said, nope, was a thousand days. I'm like, I did 366. I'm done. That was yeah. my goal. See, that was the streak that I planned from the beginning that I was going to do 366 days and end. Because in OS, like you're on a streak. It's like, I don't want to end the streak. I'm so close. Ah, no, but I don't want I, oh, I don't want to miss tomorrow because I want to keep it going. End. I don't want to end it. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, from the beginning, I'm like, I'm going to do 366 and then I'm going to end. No cash the day before, no cash the day after, and that's it. <laughs> no stress <laughs> other than exactly. completing the streak. <laughs> yeah, I just have to give up on certain challenges. It's just not going to happen, and I can't stress about it because of where I live, how I'm cashed out, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you never know. Still sign it, right? Because you may move. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Oh, man, I've said anywhere, it before. So. Moving is, other than whatever the circumstances might be, for geocaching, it's the best. You start all fresh. It's wonderful. <laughs> yep. Um, another uh, community shout out to Deep Digging Mole, who has completed their 26 finds per date found. Nice. That's a lot. That's, yeah. That is a lot. That's what's 26 times 300. Is that the average? <laughs> Are you saying that they hit that as an average? No. So on the uh, oh on that grid that gets your, colorful on your stats, yeah, fine, fines for each day of the year. So January first to December thirty first, they have twenty six on each of those squares, and wow. twenty six was significant because that I believe is when it becomes that kind of a darker green color. So there there's thresholds of uh, colors for each of the values in the grids and 26 it becomes that first of the darker green shades so the entire grid with 26 for each of those dates i'm just working on 11 a day like filling up those dates that are under 11 because it's kind of the uh eh, medium dark ish of the lighter shade it's one of those uh shade changes but 26 i mean that's that's, that's, a that's lot. what is that that's almost 10,000. Yeah, ninety five hundred. That's if you got it perfect, right? Only had yeah. twenty six in each one. Which that's how's right. that gonna happen? Oh yeah. yeah. Include those days where you go out for uh, for high cash count days or vacation trips. Like that's gonna be a whole lot of fines. Yeah, you got to get the twenty six so. and turn around and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats to deep digging mole, <laughs> man. And, and a lot of those, like there are some uh, some challenges that are based on that. I mean, we still have. Um, challenges for your average, uh, this one, yeah. So your average difficulty and average terrain, even yeah. just keeping that number above two is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's impossible for me. Cause, Cause yeah, you can focus on so high events. values, yeah. but yeah, events. And, yeah, I go to uh, events all of, the time, so there's no way I can keep that above a two two. Yeah, and and like geo arts and puzzles, you might get a a big uh, a big divide between the difficulty and terrain. And uh, it, it kind of shows your caching, but that's another reason why I like challenge caches because it gets you to be well-rounded. <laughs> yeah. But 
Yeah, the average challenges or challenges based on averages aren't allowed because, yes, you can unqualify yourself at some point. So it's not an accomplishment per se anymore. It's just trying to keep it above that point. See, for pre-moratorium challenges, here's another, another little <laughs> tidbit of wisdom. Once you qualify for one of those pre-moratorium challenges, post a note with your qualifiers. It, it, for one thing, it gets that kind of off your table, and there's a record of it as of that date you qualify just in case in the future you might unqualify for it. Yeah. But um, you, even if you haven't found it and you think you might at some point in the future, document your qualifiers somewhere, whether it's a, a log, a note posted to the cache or mm -hmm. in a document something. Qualify as of that date or document your qualifiers because, yeah, if somebody changes the DT and you don't qualify anymore. And absolutely sign any pre-moratorium challenges you come across. No matter what, sign those because... Oh, yeah. they, they can't make more of those, obviously. Right. There's no. So there's, <laughs> there's actually it. one in my state, and I think it was still active. I haven't been down there to sign it yet because it's pretty remote, but it's for DNFs, which obviously mm -hmm. they're not going to allow now. Not, right. It's like find 100, you know, log 100 DNFs. I would love to go down there and sign that one. It's in the middle of nowhere, so probably the only reason it hasn't gone missing yet. But <laughs> um, that's, that's a cool, unallowed challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to remind people, if you want a copy of Jesse's book, make sure you post next level, hashtag next level in the chat to enter the draw. Can you oh, yeah. uh, give a, like a, a brief description of the book again, Jesse, just so that people in, are, know who yeah, It's been a long it. time since I've read it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, the CFO and I, which is my wife for any new people to the network, we, uh, we, we did a book. Uh, it's been a couple years now, I think, since we've had it. It was pre this show, so it's been well over a year. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a book about challenges, obviously, a basic idea of challenges. It's in book form. The show gives you way more in-depth, obviously, because it's been coming to you for a year. Um, it's some of our stories, how we got into challenges, and then just kind of really breaks the ice of what challenges are in the world of challenges and how it's, uh, you know, plug in my own book, but how it's kind of the game within the game. And that's how we view it and how it can really people in listening to this podcast, obviously already probably have an interest in challenges, but can really kind of spark that interest. And um, we've had many, many people tell us, obviously there's stuff hidden in the book and everything else. It's a, it's a geocaching book, right? You got to hide stuff in it. We've had very many people, positive uh, emails and feedback saying kind of wasn't a challenge person. I started reading this. I kind of got excited and I know a lot of them listen to this show too. So um, it's really a get you excited about challenges because it's really what not saved the game for us, but really made us really love the game. So, um, and of course there's some funny stories in there too and some hidden stuff. So, um, all about challenges, get you started and then you'll have to keep listening to this show every single time, right? To, yeah. to learn more and more. And tell us what you've done. That's one of my favorite parts of this show. Yeah, yeah that's the best done. part about challenges. You get to brag about them. Yeah. Tell me what you're doing, right? It's well, like, and the even, stories even are... count if you don't put it on social media anymore. I don't think that's it right. Counts. That's right. <laughs> I think they take and the stories and <laughs> the stories and the experiences are what make it interesting and fun because we don't want to make the game just about numbers and statistics because that can affect other people, can affect the quality of the game. So we like to encourage people to enjoy challenges for the kind of experiences that they provide for pushing yourself to a, a, a little bit of a higher limit, accomplishing more, that sort of thing. It's not about the numbers. 
It's, it's about not, the numbers, but it's not about the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny from the a stats guy. Other things. <laughs> but uh, one thing I will say about the book too, like if, if you already have it and you win it, um, I've used it several times. I've used this book because we've had had them for a long time now. Uh, when I hear somebody talk about challenges at an event, I'll, I'll run to the car and get them a book and say, if you're kind of interested in it, well, here, take this, read this, and tell me what you think. And when you're done with it, pass it on to somebody else. Right. Right. And I've had it passed around and stuff like that, and, and people get excited about it. And I know when people read the book because of what's hidden in there, I know when they've read the book. <laughs> so I get, you know, emails. And for those of you who haven't read it, you'll know if you read it. But uh, there's things in there, and they're like, ha-ha, I found, you know, I found this mm -hmm. or that. And it's always funny because you get some really – Interaction is what's the best part, right? And you get people's stories and everything else. That's the that's the best part of caching, in my opinion. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Thought this was kind of neat. Uh, Eric said there used to be a challenge here to not find a cache for 100 days. I never signed it because I knew I would never qualify until after I died. <laughs> <laughs> I am qualified for that one. Not uh, finding a cache for 100 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, people who uh, set up their account years before they actually got into geocaching, yeah, they qualify. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I think mine was 619 days was my longest streak of no finding caches. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and that was is a challenge that, that is uh, no longer allowed. You signed up and got started and paused? No, well, we found one and then in 2009, and we didn't find another one until 2011. So and yeah. number two, was, there's a big gap between number one and number two, but... Mm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I think it, we should uh, get moving to our fun games and giveaways because we've got oh, a yes. couple to do. And because this is a special episode, we're going to do the Wheel of Challenges, but we're going to keep going until somebody wins. Just That's right. Case. Gotta have Ooh, a winner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so let's load up the wheel which has been updated. It is now season two. Ooh, the green glowy stars. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some new challenges on the wheel. Uh, only some of the ones that you've already seen. So <laughs> at this point now, all but two are still unknown because they haven't been hit. So one live viewer each month is selected to face off against the wheel. Have a chance to win the grand prize, which is a one-year membership on Project GC. To enter, send an email with the subject containing spin me in quotes, followed by your geocaching username in brackets, and answer the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel. Your profile will be checked live on Project GC, and if you qualify, you will win. And so, get your email app open, or your computer, or whatever, <laughs> and... Uh, here is your question, if you are listening. What? Wait, what? Never mind. There we go. <laughs> what is the name of the new Geocache Talk Network challenge? Challenge. Shorter, long form is fine. <laughs> Hopefully, if you are listening, this shouldn't be a hard one to get. And we'll see who gets it first. I know every time y'all do this, I immediately check to see if I'm qualified. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Like I'm not in the drawing. <laughs> oh, no. I can't so do it. Man. I'm behind the scenes here. There's something I immediately <laughs> have to do about. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, and and the fun thing about this wheel, we were kind of surprised that, if I recall the stats, the one challenge that kept that had the most hits was a five difficulty, and it was the challenge of the century to find 
100 unknown caches. <laughs> and it was a five difficulty. Uh, yeah. Now there is a five difficulty that is a true five difficulty. Uh, Although we'll see what it is when we finally (laughs) land. Somebody who's only yeah, somebody who's only found twenty caches and there's only seventy around them. It could still be a five difficulty to find hundred unknowns, but you know, generally speaking, (laughs) it depending on where you are in the world, it could be very different. Yes. So we have our first person who has sent in the correct answer, which is GTN forty five, and that is Peachy twelve seventy six. Peachy1276. I know that <laughs> Let's see what the wheel will give you. It looks like, is it going to be f- f- three and a half? Ooh, GC, 2E, WW. <laughs> the streak challenge. Let's see what that one is. That looks like such a long GC code. I think it's the W's. <laughs> <laughs> so this wow. is Streak Challenge. It is three and a half difficulty in Texas, in Bexar County. And it was published in 2010, pre-moratorium. Yeah, challenge for this um, one. I know these people. Who hit it? Mm-hmm. Cool. They used to live in Colorado. Ah. So in order to qualify to log this streak challenge, you must find at least one cache for one per day for 100, cha- 100 consecutive days. So it's a 100-day streak challenge. And uh, so here they're saying the DT is of the container is about a one, one and a half. Um, and good, they listed the terrain the same as a one and a half terrain. That's one of the, uh, the issues that, you know, in the pre-moratorium caches had, challenge caches, the DT rating, especially those five five challenges, yeah. were rated more for the challenge when they could be a lamppost, an actual one one. Yeah, I, I think now the the trend is to keep the terrain rated to the uh, to the actual container and only put the difficulty for the challenge, mm-hmm. which makes a little more sense. Unless you uh, hide okay, it really so, hard, then it messes people up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should say the dif- the difficulty is should be rated for the container and the challenge combined. Basically, what it, whatever it takes in order to qualify. Right. All right, yeah, to sign it. So, Peachy1276, using the Project GC Checker. Uh, I'm going to gamble that checker. she is qualified. Yep. <laughs> she is qualified. Congrats. Yeah. So, that means that you have won a full year of Project GC membership. Um, the one other point that I kind of sped right over, uh, if you notice, always mention this every time as well. This is a pre-moratorium checker, so there is, or a challenge, so there is no checker in the description. Mm-hmm. But if you have the Project GC uh, browser plugin, one of the benefits to that is they have a little section on the sidebar that shows challenge checkers that have been created that are connected and tagged to this particular GC. So somebody, since checkers came around, has created a checker for this particular challenge. And so there is a checker, and that's what we used. I have to say, I love that there's people out there that this is so, geocaching is so ingrained in who we are and what we do and what we do for fun that people just go around making checkers for old challenges because Mm -hmm. we can't not do that. (laughs) So (laughs) God bless those people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, so we also like to highlight a bunch of challenges that you, the community, send in to us uh, that you have qualified for and signed uh, during the past month. And a little bonus to that is somebody, a random, random submitter, wins one of our special challenge talk geo coins very cool coin yes very cool coin one of the whole set and there's every podcast in the geocache talk network has one and uh if you are the random winner of somebody who submits your accomplishments your challenge caching accomplishments for each month then you'll receive one so first of all let's move on to the first highlight which is Submitted by Bloody Cool, it is GC8X0WH. It is Climb Up, One Climb with Climbing Equipment Challenge. Cool. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three and a half difficulty, you just have to find a cache with one <clears throat> Climbing Equipment Challenge. And personally, I like this one because, well, it's tree climbing. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, it's also just find one cache. All you got to just find one cache with that equipment. Now, this also raises the good point that, well, yes, obviously you can have a group and uh, everybody can go, one person can climb and everybody can log it. And <laughs> log my name. Everybody <laughs> qualifies. But this is why we like to emphasize, enjoy the challenges and do them because, uh -huh. you know, with this one, you could be cheap and you could qualify easily by getting somebody who has equipment and get them to do all the work. And then you can log it found and then qualify. But where is the fun in that? <laughs> Yeah, that's if you're gonna cheat, you know, that, there's no point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One, if if I saw this and I knew that somebody in my area had tree climbing equipment, arborist gear, I would totally ask if they would come along because if I don't have it, then they have it. Got to partner up. But if they'd be willing to allow me to have that experience, to do that climb. Oh yeah, I would want the experience. Oh yeah. 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 So. Great example of the kind of cash that should hopefully get you trying new things. <laughs> and that's a good one too, that's scalable, right? So if you had that one right down the road, you could hide one for fine five with climbing equipment, kind of get yeah. people going mm. and do more and more. Yeah. Like a bronze, silver, gold. <laughs> yeah. And this one actually is uh, part of a series. Uh, Bloody cool. Uh, sent in a couple of others. There's one, there's one with three, with another attribute and five with another attribute. I think they're all rated oh, to, related cool. to climbing. Um, but those ones, you know, I don't think they're easier or harder. It's just more common. I mean, caches that require climbing equipment are pretty rare. So one makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever seen one. Yeah, I think uh, one of them was, it was either six or 10 caches with a tree climbing attribute, which at least in my area is really easy. <laughs> but in yeah. some places it might not be. Really depends on where you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have one from Kitty Catch, who has sent in GC3MBC5, and that is the well-traveled and aged Cacher in Northern Territory, Darwin, Australia. <laughs> and this cache, you have to... I, there's a nice twist on this one. I like this one. All so right. this is another one where you've got to find caches in distance bands from your home location. Okay. But it's one for each year of your age. Of your age? Of your age. So if you're younger, it's easier to qualify. If you're older, <laughs> it's harder. <laughs> wow. 
And they said, let's make it 650 kilometer maximum for veterans. <laughs> so you have to be at least 18. So uh, it's 180 kilometers. Basically, any bands from 180 to 650 kilometers, depending on your age. 10 kilometers for every year of your age. That's just, <laughs> that was a twist I had not seen before. I no, wonder if this not. was this was 2012 pre moratorium. So that this could be. A, I wonder if you could publish something like that today. I can't. Even <laughs> I feel imagine. like you would. Because <laughs> you could throw in age, because that might become uh, that might fall under user-defined uh, yeah. region clause. It doesn't even the playing field. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, I thought that was a really fascinating twist. For sure. That is an interesting twist to a challenge. And you got to be honest on your age. Some people aren't into yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why 650 kilometers max, right. which is 65. <laughs> if you're older 65, then we won't ask you your age. So you just have your like nephew go sign it. That's like four. <laughs> and you're good to go. Next up, we have one sent in from Starcasher. It is GC4APAF, and that one is the well-traveled Casher challenge. And in that cache, you have to find. This is another. This is the original basic one uh, to find one cache. In yeah. every five mile interval for up to a distance of 500 miles. That's a lot more than 650 kilometers. And that's five mile intervals. So it's a lot more caches to find than the other one. But I mean, this is fairly common. Um, and it's from your home court. Oh, the other one, the other point to uh, kitty caches there was that it was uh, distance bands from the cache placed closest to your home, not your home coordinates. Wow. So that's a minor change. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the 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 most common version was your home coordinates because you can provide that on your profile, which is kept private. But the issue now is that you know people could potentially still backtrace that and figure out your home and all that. So, um, yeah. So this one is again a pre yeah pre moratorium twenty thirteen uh, and five mile bands up to five hundred miles from your home coordinates. So it's another. That's another good one that you can do for personal challenges. It uh, it's it gets you out there. It gets you traveling because there's variants now where the like the 360 degree challenges from the mm -hmm. posted cache location, and uh, they, uh, if I recall, they don't allow those from your home coordinates because well, for one thing, that those bands will point directly to your home location. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, these kind of accomplishments from a center point are fun to do, and they get you definitely traveling either outward or around. <laughs> so something to look forward to, or look to to try to complete as well. Uh, we have another one in from the Tuonki, and this one you there's there's I'm not sure what the most is for this, but it is. GC78KR5, and it is 50,000 favorite points. And the only reason why this stood out is because 50,000 50, sounds like a lot. <laughs> it, uh, it, you, to qualify, you have to find your top 10 caches found have to have 50,000 favorite points total. Um, and I know there's a, a, quite a number of challenge caches to find 
a total number of favorite points. Right. And I can't recall offhand, but I believe 50,000 is really high up there. <laughs> I mean, that's an average of 5,000 favorite points on your top yeah, 10 finds. Per cash. It's yeah. high unless you've been to headquarters or Germany. Yeah, headquarters is yeah. high up. Um, and there, there are a handful of caches that are very, very popular in North America. Uh, but an average of 5,000 for the top 10, that, that feels like it's high, at least for, especially for casual cachers. For travelers and vacationers and people who target those types of caches, it's probably a lot easier. Um, you know, what, I'm going to check my stats just quickly because I'm just checking I, mine too. I feel like I know I qualify. <laughs> yeah. Um, nope, it's going to be on the Project GC stats. Um, because, yeah, we've got Niagara Falls has a handful just within that area that already have those many, that many favorite well, points. Headquarters has less than 5,000. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But not much less. It's forty nine, forty one. Most favorite points. There we go. Yeah. So. Oh, I th I thought I qualified for that. I I guess I don't. Yeah, because HQ has just just under five thousand. Original stash plaque has four thousand. Um. <laughs> GZ eight neat is already third place with thirty seven. <laughs> That's the the new locationless cash for uh, for doing a Cedo anywhere <laughs> already has almost 4,000 uh, favorite points. It, it took me 30 caches to get it. Wow. So that's, and that's including headquarters stash, the original stash plaque, locationless cache, yeah. Mingo. Like if they're in the top, you already know the names to them, right? Oh, wow. I qualify. I didn't expect that. Oh, look, uh, f the location, the other locationless is up there too. It's at fourteen forty-eight oh. already. Okay, so yeah, and I do qualify. I don't have uh, either. Let's read, of those let's read the details. List. I think. Oh, it might just be. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. I didn't read the details. <laughs> so it's you have to have you have to have a total of fifty thousand favorite points, of all your finds, but they're only checking. Uh, or you only need to supply the first 10 caches. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, please document, document the checker results with the first 10 caches in your log or as a screenshot. So, yes, you just have to have a total of over 50,000 favorite points. Okay. <laughs> That's okay, kind of that makes That's sense. Because mine's saying yeah. I qualify on tw 29 caches oh, to get yeah. there. Look at that. That's kind of a neat odd stat too right how many caches does it take to get you to fifty thousand points i i do like that yeah. yes yes yeah and i've got i'm at 27 so 27 of the top five top 27 caches total fifty thousand. the good thing is you cool. just sign it and wait and as they get more favorite points it'll go up yeah. <laughs> yeah. this this is an accomplishment challenge eventually yeah. you'll get there unless people remove favorite points that's a different topic <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah, I'd do that if it's archived. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get off this now. This will be a debate topic. <laughs> but I'm not removing it from like any amazing caches, in my opinion, like one that needs it to live on forever. But 
whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay, let's get on to our number five, our fifth one. This one is sent in from Zippertiff. It is GC8VFAV, the seven days a week challenge on Monday. Monday. And it is in France. It is a two difficulty. And uh, it is not in English. <laughs> but I was told it is to find 150 caches on a Monday. And there isn't okay, a checker. Okay, yeah. I don't see a checker for this. This was published. No, it was 2000. No, there has to be a checker. It is linked. There's no link. Oh. 8F. Uh-oh. That's not the GC code. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I typoed the GC code. Okay, let me quickly double check. Uh, it was sent in from ZipperTiff. And... You said it's supposed to be in Pasadena, Texas, by the way. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Not France. <laughs> <laughs> Not France. <laughs> uh... Oh, uh, where's the email? Uh, if somebody has the actual code for that, then we'll drop it in. But um, uh, let me quickly check. I bet oh, we can find it. I'm scanning. Oh, yeah, you could probably just copy and paste the name. Here, here's another. That or Google Foo. If uh, anybody is curious, you can find. I'll go to her profile and try that way. What is Google Foo? <laughs> uh, knowing how to use quirks and little hidden. Seven tricks days a week challenge is GC eight W F C three. I went the old school way. I went to her profile and just checked the caches she's found. That's for, oh, that's Wednesday. That's the Wednesday one. Hold on, I'm sorry. One more time. GC8WFAV. 8WF. So it's a W instead of a V. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, WFAV. Because yeah. she's found more than one of them. She's found, it looks like several of them, so. Yeah. Good. Uh, so, yeah, as you can tell, there are numerous ways to find what you need to find. <laughs> right, right. For, and we will frantically that. <laughs> you can. Four and a half there's all kinds of data out there. You can get to it many different ways. <laughs> so, to qualify for this one, you have to find uh, 150 caches on Monday. And these, this day of week challenge, this concept is... Uh, relatively new as well. I think there was um, some decision at HQ that said we'll allow day of week requirements. And uh, so now I know we've got a whole bunch of those in my area. Uh, I, I published a couple already myself, a couple of weekday challenges. Um, so 150 fines, because we have some cachers who almost live every day geocaching. So their numbers are through the roof in the middle of the week when everybody usually works. <laughs> So we've got some challenges that are like, find a couple hundred of this attribute on a Thursday. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw in on a Thursday. Yeah, that'll make that hard. But the nice thing about those is that you can plan for them because if you take a day off, you can say, I'm going to take a day off on this day and then go and target those caches. And I mean, if you miss Monday it, caches. it's just every week. 
Yeah. Yep. So every week you can come back to it. So another little thing to highlight about challenge caches. <clears throat> so thank you to everybody who has sent in their uh, qualifications for this past month. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a whole bunch and we have chosen a random winner and that random winner, well, we haven't chosen a random winner. We have, so, we have <laughs> luck has chosen a random winner <laughs> <laughs> and that monthly cashier winner is star cashier. Congratulations. We will be in touch so that we can get information to send you that very special challenge talk geocoin. <laughs> yeah, congrats. <clears throat> uh, so just another quick update. Every month I like to highlight my, uh, my own Ironman bingo challenge, which is a pre-moratorium challenge to a, a challenge of challenges, as it were. Uh, it is GC3D5EB. The Ironman Bingo Challenge, where every square on the grid is a mini streak challenge for attributes or properties of caches. The center square is 100 consecutive days of caching. And I always like to highlight the fact that there are a couple cachers who completed this entire grid with unbelievable planning to, uh, within 100 days, complete all of these squares. Because a lot of these properties can overlap. So you could overlay 10 days of virtual caches with three days of over 10 kilometer hikes if there are caches that have both of those properties. So they managed to somehow, <laughs> with so many queries, they, they created an Excel spreadsheet with columns of all of these uh, squares and requirements and then aligned them to optimize everything within that 100-day streak and they figured out which caches. It was just unbelievable. But I like to highlight this because I haven't completed myself yet. <laughs> but uh, I provide a little bit of motivation because I'm working on a geocoin. I am working on a design and it is the intent is to have it minted this year that uh, people who complete, well, for local caches at least who sign in, there are certain shapes on the grid that will earn you the geocoin. But I'm presenting this challenge to you, to the challenging community. If you want to complete or qualify for this challenge, if you complete the full grid, you don't have to find the cash and sign in, but if you can prove that you've completed the full bingo grid, then I will send you one of those geocoins as well. And this month, there haven't been any updates, not since May 1st. So people are still working on it. It just, hopefully there's some motivation. I know I've got to motivate myself to do this one. Yes, you do. <laughs> People are waiting for this, you. <laughs> this is, again, another one that is going to be harder for veterans because this is a challenge, like a real challenge, not an accomplishment one. These are streaks. So if you've already found all of the scuba caches in your state or country or whatever, you may be out of luck. So hopefully those options are still there. At least you can still kind of encourage people to place more caches that you might need. And that's another thing that's dissuaded from HQ because challenges shouldn't get people to place caches just to qualify for challenges. But hopefully, if you are working on this and you really want to qualify, you can encourage somebody to place a good quality cache that would be a qualifier for some of these squares. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, let's give away Jesse's book. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. Cannot forget about that. And... Why? 
Oh, you know what? I what? I started the giveaway collecting and it didn't collect it. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, good. That's weird. It didn't collect them at first, but now they do. Okay. Let's get this on here. It was showing zero until I refreshed. That was weird. Uh, and there we go. On screen, next level, we have entries and who is going to be the winner? Ticky, 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 ticky. This isn't a wheel. I don't need a tick. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need uh, noisemakers for when the... Yay! KC11. KC underscore 11 is the winner. Congratulations. Is there sound? There needs to be sound on this. There should be. That needs a huge explosion. That's right. Yeah. Big, crazy, and it needs to tick off too, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm kind of hoping that eventually they'll add the actual chat comment because then you could do things like trivia questions. Hashtag to enter with the answer. and then it Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be fun. So, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to all of the winners. Uh, Starcasher and KC11 and uh, Peachy1276. You guys are awesome. And thank you, everybody in chat, for being a part of this uh, one-year celebration. We're one year old, 13 months old. Yeah, and thanks to everyone who sent us in some great content this year. We love your yeah. questions. We love your topics. We love your challenge reports. I know it gets really, yeah. it really gets me some great ideas, great motivations yeah. to hear what other people are up to. Well, congratulations to you two for making it a year so far. Thank you. Your very <laughs> first year ticked down. So yeah. Yep. It's 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 a lot of work just for one show. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I have to give props to everybody else in the network who do weekly shows. Oh, it's a whole yeah, lot of work to put sure. stuff like this together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And thank you, Jesse, for joining us again. Uh, I know you're part of the network, but uh, being coming here and, uh, and because you've got the challenge caching book, uh, it's completely relevant. And so we still love to hear your insight and knowledge. And I'm always happy. I love your show. So I'm always happy to to do anything I can. Usually I just stay behind the scenes, but I'm always happy to join in anytime you, you'll allow me. All right. Mm -hmm. Great. Yep. Awesome. So the next show coming up will be uh, July, August 5th, always the first Thursday of each month. And uh, so join us for that episode and we'll see what we talk about then because it's geocache talk. We talk about geocaching. <laughs> and challenge caching within yes. geocaching uh so again thanks everybody for joining and if there is no other thoughts we will say have a great month happy caching and uh do those challenges because it's not about the numbers it's challenge accepted. challenge accepted challenge accepted we got to work on those t-shirts i gotta get we gotta get one of those t-shirts i I'm sure I have one coming. More than I this T-shirt? Yeah. I, I don't have it yet. <laughs> there's, there's so much mail coming from the U.S. that I'm waiting for that has not yet oh, arrived. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one already got lost in the... Oh, man. I don't know what's going on with the world. Okay. okay anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And uh, we will see you next month. Good night. Yeah.
have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today.